Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. A costly day on the waiver wire. Actually, Janssen Fialbi and Brett Leeson both get claimed. Ben chats with Dylan Strom after a terrific preseason. And my chat with former Capital and hockey media personality, Nick Kiprios. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, October 11th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Presented by Clear, the faster way into Capital One Arena. The Capitals return to practice this morning, preparing to face the Boston Bruins tomorrow night in the regular season opener. The team made the opening roster official yesterday, keeping Joe Snively, Connor McMichael, and Alexei Protus on the NHL roster. Now, we mentioned in this space yesterday that the Caps placed four players on waivers with the intent of signing them to AHL Hershey. Well, that didn't go quite as hoped. Lucas Johansson and Hedrick Borgstrom both cleared. They were assigned to the Bears. But Axel Janssen-Fialbi was claimed by the Winnipeg Jets. And Brett Leeson was picked up off the waiver wire by Anaheim. The moves definitely leave a mark on Washington's forward depth. Two players still thought to have a place in the organization moving forward. Instead, now have moved on. At the end of training camp, Ben caught up with Dylan Strom, a guy happy to be wanted here in D.C. as the new season approaches. Here's hoping he continues his hot streak into the regular season. Here now, Ben's chat with number 17. What drew you to the game? How did you go from a, a little guy to where you are, but what, what drew you to hockey? Well, I think it starts with my dad. Uh, he played growing up. Uh, he was a big hockey and lacrosse guy. And then he got my older brother into it. My older brother loved it. And then, obviously, as a little brother, you want to just do what your older brother does. So, now we did that and watched him play, play the game all the time. We played in the road. We played in the street. played in the basement. We played in the backyard. We played wherever we could. Um, but for us, it was always uh, hockey in the winter, lacrosse in the summer. And then, once you get to a certain age, you kind of got to decide uh, one or the other. And, obviously, I think we, we chose hockey for, for the reason that you know we were a little bit more competitive in that and we played on a better team and um, I think we just were drawn to the game more and in Canada it's, it's kind of the thing to do I guess so you know just obviously got drafted and then uh, played a couple years in junior and had a really good time there and then got drafted to the NHL and then found my way here eventually. I didn't know your dad played did he play competitively or like uh, men's league? He played triple A growing up and then I think he played junior for a little bit and uh, he was more lacrosse though he was big into lacrosse so um, that's why we always put the skates and sticks away in the in the summer and focus only on lacrosse so I think it helped uh, helped a lot. That said a little bit of an age gap between you and your yeah. older brother. Yeah. Were you able to keep up? Maybe that made you better. I don't know. Yeah I think so. Um, you know there's obviously there's a certain age where it's like four years apart is, is a lot when you're younger so you know we, I was a lot play with my little brother so I think it helped him it helped him get to the next level and you're always very competitive with your brothers you always want to be you never want to lose to your brothers and unfortunately I've lost to my older brother six times in the NHL and never beat him so um, uh, that'll have to change this year. 
How is it that none of you became a goalie? I would think the youngest sibling. Isn't that usually how it works? Actually, I was usually the goalie. I played goalie until I was like six or seven, and kind of had to had to had to change gears a little bit. I was always the one that wanted to go in net. Always the one with the, the holes in my knees from from playing road hockey and, and being goalie in mini sticks. So that was my that was my job as the middle brother to to get shots on. And uh, you know, I, I love playing goalie. It's an awesome environment to grow up in Toronto, but every kid in Toronto, every hockey playing kid in Toronto wants to move on to bigger and better. When did it maybe become realistic? I don't know, early teens that, okay, we, we have something here that we can foster a little bit. Yeah, I think it was probably when my brother got drafted to the OHL. I'm playing on the Marlies growing up in Toronto, it's like the, the, the team to be on, it's the team to beat. Um, you're expected to win every time you, you go on the ice. So, And I think around maybe minor peewee or peewee, when guys started to hit puberty and, and the guys started to you know get a little bigger, a little stronger, you know, I think I felt like I still kept up and, and, and still could you know be a, a good player on a really good team. And you know, I think once my brother got drafted to the OHL, it was kind of like that's what I wanted to do as well. Him going in the first round really opened a lot of our eyes, and then you get an agent, and then it kind of takes off from there. So um, I feel like that's where it started, probably around Pee Wee or, or Minor Bantam, where I felt like you know watched my brother get drafted, play in the OHL, and, and and I feel like I could do that too. So you referenced off the top, your dad got you guys started, but it sounds like growing up, your brother that that was a real big influence yeah. for you. Yeah, for sure. Just you know, like obviously there's there's a couple routes to take to get to the next level, and you know once my brother went to the OHL, it was kind of like college wasn't really an option anymore. It was kind of just wanted to follow in your brother's footsteps and then you go to his games and you see like how cool it is to see a full rink and wherever he's playing you go see him on the road and it's kind of like a mini NHL so for sure that, that's, that's definitely where it started watching him play in the OHL at, at 16 and then realizing that you know I was only you know, three or four years away from, from maybe being in that same spot so I think it pushed me a little bit to, uh, to get to the next level and I feel like just being a, a student of the game and always watching hockey and, and you know growing up being a big Leafs fan and, and listening to the, you know, the media there obviously they're, they're pretty knowledgeable about you know what's going on and you know how he, he you know each player plays so I feel like I picked up a lot on that and then just fell in love with the game and, and realized I, I could make some money playing this game. Playing with Connor McDavid in Erie I don't know if that was an interesting experience how much attention was garnered on the team as a result what was that like how do you describe the experience playing with what a 15 16 year old Connor McDavid? Yeah I mean it was cool he was on the Toronto Marlies as well but he's my age but he played a year up growing up obviously because he was the best player at, at, at both age groups so you know watching him for the last couple years with the Marlies and then seeing him get drafted to Erie and then he reached out to me a little bit before the draft because you know that, that's the kind of the spot I was ranked around you know you know second or third overall there so um, he reached out and, and we became really good friends uh, in, in my first year in junior and, and then the second year when we went through all the the draft process together I think that was you know just nice to have someone there by your side uh, kind of in the same spot doing all the same interviews and and getting a lot of attention for our team obviously a lot was uh, regarding around him but uh, it's nice to kind of fly under the radar a little bit and, and be there for him you know when if he had a tough day or if I had a tough day we were there for each other so I appreciated the friendship a lot. It's pretty cool then you get drafted the same year you, you got to be in that picture right they take the top three yeah, picks and, and you're in the same picture with Jack Eichel in the middle I guess yeah or Connor's in the middle I guess. Uh, I think I don't know actually I think Connor was in the middle and then but they put uh, the three of you together yeah right? put the three of us together so I know we talked about like it was kind of like I was gonna go third fourth fifth or somewhere around then I think one and two were kind of locked locked down and you no know, so Connor stuck around to watch the the third pick and it was a pretty cool moment and then uh, no I joked with him after that I always wanted to be in that picture the one two three picture so it was uh, it was cool to be it's cool to be in and that was a fun day final couple of things you referenced a few minutes ago the what 0-6 record against Ryan in the NHL I don't know how many bragging rights he takes over that but is this this has to be the first level you've actually played against him given the, the age gap too yeah so his uh, my first year in the OHL was his first year out of the OHL so uh, we missed each other by one year and then played against each other for the first time when I was on the Coyotes and he was on uh, no 
actually for the first time was Islanders versus Coyotes in the regular season. Big rivalry. Yeah, yeah, huge. Yeah, my parents were at the game, so um, he actually scored a goal, and it was my fault that he scored. And I didn't play for like three or four games after that. So then he had real, real big bragging rights over me. So no, hopefully I, th I think this might be my best chance to to get him this year. So hopefully we can we can get to you can finally come to the Eastern Conference and yeah, you jump yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's my first time in the Eastern Conference, so I'm excited for that. A little less travel, and um, we'll see how it goes. Just to bring it back to the present, as far as being here in Washington now, having come from Arizona and Chicago, I think with the exception of the bubble, you've yet to experience the Stanley Cup playoffs without looking too far ahead. How much are you looking forward to an opportunity here yourself, for the team collectively? It's a little bit of a different setting yeah. than you've been accustomed to in your career. For sure. I think that's every hockey player's goal is to win the Stanley Cup and, and to, to get to the next level. So, you know, I, I think it's something that obviously, you know, you want as a player. You want to, you don't want to feel that atmosphere. You don't want to be going home in, in April or early May and, and watching the playoffs for, you know, a month and a half or two months, however long it is. So, you know, it's something that every player dreams of playing in and, and seeing the packed crowds and, and, and how the energy is ramped up. So I'm excited to hopefully have a chance to do that. And obviously it's a lot of work to go till then, but no, it's uh, it's something that I'm looking forward to and hopefully get the chance to do this year. Generous with the time here. Appreciate it. Welcome to Washington, Dylan. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you. He's going to be your second line center on this team tomorrow night. You're going to see him on the first power play unit two. Dylan Strom settling in just fine here in the nation's capital. Up next, my chat today with former capital Nick Kiprios, a longtime media personality and now podcaster in Canada. We talk about Caps alumni weekend, what he's up to these days, thoughts on Thursday's opponent when the Caps head to Toronto, and Alex Ovechkin's chase of Wayne Gretzky. All right, here on Alumni Weekend and chatting with Nick Kiprios, what's this like for you being back in D.C.? You had a terrific career, the Stanley Cup with the Rangers, Toronto guy, but being back here in Washington with all these familiar faces has got to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and the uh, last few years, been talking a lot to Alan May, and of course, well-known here uh, off the ice now with the, the broadcasting, and he first mentioned uh, an alumni get-together in the fall months ago, and I'm like, Albie, just tell me when and where, and I'll be there. So very high on my priority list, first opportunity to get back here and see everybody and share some stories. It's like you've never been apart, to be quite honest with you. Uh, Kelly Miller's here, Dimitri Kristich, and then some of the, the following generations. It's great to, to share stories once again and be in a place that uh, you hold very near and dear to your heart. The alumni association here was pretty small because a lot of guys back in your day ended up not living here, but the Rock to Red guys in the Ovechkin era are all retiring here, whether it's Alsner or Green or Holtby, all in this area, and that seems to be strengthening things, and maybe that you know, makes this even bigger and better moving forward. Oh, it's just a, a fantastic city, and my day it was all about Maryland. It was about the rink uh, uh, off the Beltline. We lived in... Alexandra, Virginia. We lived in Old Town. We lived in Annapolis. But now you see how how much DC is thriving. And we're down at the wharf the other day, and I'm like, this is phenomenal. No wonder people want to retire here. No wonder they want families to grow up here. It's just a remarkable growth in the past 25 years, and uh, certainly understand why. DC is the place to be right now for the Washington Capitals. You've got a lot cooking in the media world, and you have for a long time. I know you've got the show in Toronto, but what are you up to media-wise here these days? Well, I've been doing a podcast for Rogers and Sportsnet called Real Kipper and Bourne. It's Justin Bourne, myself, 
and is predominantly uh, following the Toronto Maple Leafs up there. But we certainly love talking about the rest of the league. I wrote a book uh, a year and a half ago called Undrafted. It's a story of my life. That w- was a lot of fun. Started a beverage company, and believe it or not, our cocktails, I'm told, are in various parts of uh, the city, D.C. We're doing a soft launch here in the United States, and it's started in the D.C. area. It's called Little Buddha. It's an organic 4% vodka cocktail in a can. That's been a fun project. And then just working on a few other things and just trying to stay busy and not so much uh, four or five nights like I did the last 20 years on on television, but uh, enough to kind of keep me busy and uh, spend more time with the family as well. Got a pretty big game on opening night in Toronto. The home opener will be against Washington, and Ilya Samsonov, who was here, is now there. We may very well see him on opening night. What's the feel around the Leafs, not just with goaltending, but obviously a team still in the prime window to try and win one? Well, it, much like uh, the Washington Capitals, maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins still, there's still pressure to feel that uh, you, you can challenge for a Stanley Cup, and you still have Ovechkin here uh, the height of his career. Careers are starting still with um, Austin Matthews and Marner, but they seem to be in their their wheelhouse now to lead and try to uh, win championships. So really great to see. As far as the goaltending there, Samsonov goes in there, and I think with the expectation that uh, he can he can win a number one job. Matt Murray's there. He's they're going to battle it out. Um, but it'll be interesting to see where Samsonov really kind of ends up. Does he take over the reins there, or you know, does he fall into that 25-30 game? Tremendous upside still. I know at times it was frustrating for the Capitals with his progression, but there's a lot of upside there. We'll see how it plays out. Alex Ovechkin, last one for you here, Nick. At some point in the middle of the season, 800 goals, 801 that ties Gordie Howe, 802 that passes him. I didn't think when I saw Wayne Gretzky pass Howe all those years ago that we would be seeing this again. But this season, he's not catching number 99 this season, but he is in all likelihood halfway through going to nail down that number two spot. Are you just in awe of what he's been able to do in this era? I'm just in awe watching him right now. And this is just, what, uh, a week and a half into a, a, a training camp, two weeks. So it's great for the league. I, I know uh, it is much bigger than just the Washington Capitals. This is uh, worldwide what he's able to do and what he's still able to do as he uh, you know, starts entering uh, his late 30s. He's got energy, he scores a goal in practice today and he, you can still see the little kid in him raising his arms and, uh, and yelling. He's got tremendous joy for the game. It's gonna be fun to watch the, this climb and uh, he gets to share it with all the fans across the world. Well, we'll be on the lookout for Little Buddha in this area. Thanks so much for joining us, Nick. Appreciate your work all these years, and uh, hopefully we'll cross paths in Toronto someday. Thank you. Thank you, John. It's a lot of fun to get to hang out with Nick Kiprios last weekend. And by the way, media reports in Toronto yesterday confirming that Matt Murray will get the starting goal Wednesday night when the Maple Leafs play at Montreal. That means Ilya Samsonov will face the Capitals in his first start in a Toronto sweater Thursday night at Scotiabank Arena, that the Leafs' home opener. It's a jam-packed show coming up tomorrow. There's a lot to discuss. Hockey season is here. We have the line combinations to go over. We'll see what happens at practice this morning and talk about it with you here tomorrow. A look at what the Bruins are bringing to town, and it's our first show in a regular season coming up here tomorrow. Airtime for the game tomorrow on 106.7 A Fan, 1500 a.m., the rest of the Capitals radio network from Pennsylvania to North Carolina 
and CapsRadio247.com. We get going at 645. Have a great Tuesday and regular season eve, everyone. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.